You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 53. On the podcast today, we are joined by Mia Robertson. Mia Robertson lives here on the Gold Coast where I live, and she is the founder of Lifestart Naturopathics and the creator of the natural hormone-supporting supplement Fem21. She's been a naturopath in clinical practice since 2006, along with being a mum to two beautiful girls. Mia is passionate about supporting women's health holistically. Now, she does this from supporting teen girls right through to menopausal women in helping them have natural options to balance their hormones, support liver and gut health, alkalize, as well as addressing stress in both the mind and the body. And something that I absolutely love about Mia is her holistic overall approach. She's so different to any other naturopath that I've ever spoken to or worked with before. And I'm excited to have her on the show to join us because in this episode, we really dive into lots of juicy things around core nutrients that you need that your body might be deficient in, recommendations for women who may be on the pill or are looking to come off the pill, nutrients that support stress, why zinc is so important, and also the difference between a naturopath and a nutritionist because I know I was always confused and Mia clears the air with that. So Let's go over and jump into the podcast. Let's not hesitate any longer. Sit back, grab your pen because you're going to want to write notes about the types of nutrients that really do help support healthy, happy hormones. All right, let's get into it. Now, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Gemma. I'm so excited to be with you this morning and talk about women's health and what you're doing and yeah awesome thank you (laughs) you're so welcome I'm really thrilled to have you on the show because I've known you for a long time well before I even (laughs) got into this work and actually just for those who are listening Mia and I met when I was working in food manufacturing um doing formulations and whatnot and so we've known each other for a long time and I've seen the birth of I guess Mia's product and Mia's business blossom over all the years and I'm so proud of you and I'm really excited (laughs) to have you because we haven't had a naturopath on the show and there's some really great questions I'd love to ask you that I know our listeners are kind of wanting to know too but before we get into it Mia I ask every guest this question what day of your cycle are you on today and how are you feeling like what are you checking in with um so I'm currently day 20 um, so I'm in my autumn phase coming to the end of my summer and that's all good. I've had a good cycle so far, feeling good, um, pretty energized and yeah, I, um, I'm pretty lucky at this stage. I pretty well smooth sail through the different seasons of my cycle and focus a lot more on the positive aspects of each season as opposed to the the cons <laughs> <laughs> the cons and you know what's funny is I really like I know that you are a cycle expert so to speak last year we spoke <laughs> on a panel about cycles and periods and how they empower you throughout your business and I just love hearing you speak about all of this stuff but how did you become a naturopath 
and then kind of work into the lines of women's health. Like I know that that's, yeah. that's your niche. Like how did that happen for you? Um, I guess it really started at a really early age. So I was brought up in a family um, that was a hundred percent committed to living the natural health lifestyle and so I was brought up vegetarian, never went to doctors, we never took any medication, um, we were right into juicing and fasting. If we were sick, we would do like a three-day fast, compresses if we strained our ankle, you know, um, honey over wounds, um, really natural living uh, as I was growing up. And Mum and Dad obviously visited a health food store locally really frequently. And um, when I was 14, uh, as soon as I could work, they uh, pushed me into the health food store doors and I started working there after school on Thursday nights and Saturdays. Um, so I was there for five years and that was an amazing start. Um, for me because I met a naturopath that was working in the store and um, she was amazing. She was like an angel to see how much she was uh, affecting and helping to facilitate healing for and health for other people was so rewarding to see that, you know, I could do that for a career. And mm. so I knew pretty early on um, that that's what I wanted to do and uh, you know of course you'd get regulars that would come in and they would come in like with a problem initially and then you'd recommend certain you know things off the shelf and um, you know we'd be talking you know diet and lifestyle things and it was really a wholesome beautiful environment to work in as a teenager when you're so um, like a sponge you know you're soaking up so much stuff and learning from people that also aren't your parents so mm, we, that's a really like good a point <laughs> it was like a beautiful group of uh women that were all like second mothers or aunties to me that you know i could talk openly with and that were really supportive and non-judgmental and i knew that i wouldn't you know be disciplined if <laughs> you know, I talked about what was really going on in my life. Um, so that was really nice to have, you know, that uh, nourishing environment there. And so when I finished school, I took a year off um, from study and I worked my butt off in a variety of different jobs. So I was working at a health food store. I was working in my mum's juice bar. I was working in my dad's clinic, um, chiropractic clinic. Uh, I was working at an Apple store. Um, I was working in a clothing store and I was belly dancing at night. <laughs> um, so I was really like overcommitted, but I knew exactly where I was going. And that was to the Gold Coast a year after that to study naturopathy. And I really wanted to save some money so I could set myself up for where I was going to live and um, studying full time. Uh, so yeah, that's got me into naturopathy and I've never looked back. I absolutely love what I do. I'm so passionate about it. And at the end of my degree, I was experiencing 
problems, I guess, hormonally. Um, so as a teenager, I had really bad skin, irregular cycles, male pattern hair growth. I was super hairy. I used to get teased at school for having hairy arms and hairy face and all really typical um, polycystic type symptoms. But, you know, because we never went to doctors, I was never officially diagnosed. Um, and it wasn't until I studied naturopathy that I realised, okay, well, this is what's going on for me. Um, and I went to a doctor that was, you know, um, on the Gold Coast. I didn't really know, uh, you know, integrative doctors back then. Um, and so their recommendation after I had some blood tests and uh, scans to confirm was, to go on the pill and I was in a relationship at the time um, so I thought okay I'll give it a try even though it's kind of against like how I've been brought up and um, what I kind of believed in I was looking for the easy fix to my bad skin and um, contraception wise I thought yeah that'll be good that'll make things easier and so I tried the pill for about uh, six months and I really went downhill emotionally. So uh, I started to experience a lot of depression and anxiety. And um, it, was, it was really bad. Uh, so much so, like, I was having suicidal thoughts and I couldn't focus or sit still, um, you know, in classes and in my work and I was really agitated all the time um, and so came off the pill and felt better uh, but not long after that I fell pregnant um, and I had been with my partner who's now my husband um, for I think it was about three years at that point and um, he was like, okay, well, let's get married. And so I thought, cool, yeah, that's what I really wanted. And I was pretty sure about what, um, you know, our relationship meant to me and that I wanted to be with him forever. So I was like, yep, yeah, let's do this. Um, and we had like a shotgun wedding. <laughs> so we organised a wedding like in six weeks. And then, um, yeah, two weeks before we got married, I had a miscarriage. Uh, but that being said, uh, that first, you know, 12 weeks of that pregnancy, I was really sick and, you know, I didn't feel great hormonally. And I think as well, because I went into that pregnancy, not good hormonally. Um, and so I guess because of those experiences that I was having personally, that uh, honed my interest into women's health. And so had the miscarriage, wanted to know, you know, why, what was going on with my body, what was going on with my hormones, my stress levels, all of those contributing factors at that stage. And um, we got married. Then uh, three months later, I fell pregnant with my daughter, Ava, who's um, turning 14 this year, which is kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, I kind of, I went really through... Being on the pill, well, not, you know, PCO, being on the pill, having a miscarriage, getting pregnant, 
then breastfeeding uh, for two years with Ava. Whilst I was breastfeeding, I fell pregnant with my second daughter, Jada, and I was working at that time as well uh, in a fertility clinic as a naturopath, um, like three days a week. And so I was in that space of women's health, having babies, fertility, um, personally, and also what I was doing with, with my work. Um, then after I had my second daughter, Jada, I breastfed her for another two years. And then I was like, um, uh, I'm done. <laughs> kids, I was like worn out. So I had my kids pretty young. Um, so I was like 23 when I had Ava uh, and then uh, just turned 26 when I had um, Jada. And so I was, had the marina in, put in, um, but I hadn't done any work on myself um, in terms of my hormonal health, my general health, because I was kind of just in survival mode as a, you know, as a mum and working with two young kids. And it was about, I guess, oh, probably four years into, or three and a half years into having the marina that, um, and I know that I can talk to you about this because you'll get it, but it was a full moon and I woke up and I had some real wacky dreams and it was like, that's it, today's the day, I'm getting this thing out of me, I've had enough, I want to go <clears throat> back to having a cycle again and I'm sorting my shit out from really <laughs> because I'm over this. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so <clears throat> I'm having a, a moment. <laughs> um, so that really was the beginning of me uh, combining really what I was using in practice um, in terms of nutritional and herbal medicine um, into what I could do for myself to sort myself out. And then I embarked on, on that journey of uh, creating Fem21 and, um, yeah, I haven't looked back since. So that was like five years ago now. Um, and, yeah, it's all good. But that's really what pushed me into this, realm of um you know being a naturopath and and working in in women's health because I'd been through it myself and mm. then I was just attracting people in practice that I was learning from and growing from and you know having that clinical experience is is, is just invaluable in terms of what you can then you know um help people with I suppose because yeah you're just building all of that mm, and I think too it's such a beautiful story <laughs> when you go through the experiences yourself how you actually help someone is not just the knowledge it's there's so much more compassion and there's like this energy mm -hmm. emotional exchange that you're like I know where you're at and I know what you've been through but for like what you were yeah. saying like from pill to miscarriage to two pregnancies, to breastfeeding, to the marina, to hormonal imbalances and hormones kind of mm. going everywhere. You really have experienced quite a lot when it comes yeah. to women. And yeah. I love that um, 
like working as a naturopath, you've been able to apply everything. And so I'm going to ask you some questions about it. But before we jump into the questions, I know so many people get confused about this. What is the difference between a naturopath and a nutritionist? So if someone's listening, thinking, oh, I think I need to see someone to help with my food wise around my cycle health specifically, you know, if they were thinking about seeing someone like a naturopath or a nutritionist, they're not the same thing. How do they differ? Yeah, so a naturopath um, encompasses both uh, nutritional medicine tools as well as herbal medicine tools and other other tools as well in terms of just depending on their, their experience. But I really find that the combination of working with uh, nutritional medicine uh, and herbal medicine and then uh, giving diet and lifestyle advice and then monitoring through uh, different pathology avenues like blood tests or saliva tests or Mm. urine tests. Uh, Such a great way of creating a plan for somebody that's totally individualised and is patient-centred. So it's not like a... Uh, blueprint that you're giving to the you know recommending the same sort of diets or the same lifestyle suggestions or the same nutritional regime um, for you know this class of people that's got PCO or this class of people that have got endo or um, whatever it might be so it's a real individually tailored uh, treatment plan so the process of seeing a naturopath is that you sit down, you go through a detailed um, case history. So we generally ask a whole heap of questions in regards to the different systems of your body because your body is giving you signs through symptoms that tell us what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can learn from that as to you know, what uh, symptoms that you're experiencing and what that means for your body and how to support you in a holistic way that includes, you know, hormonal health based around what's going on with your cycles or your breasts or your libido or your skin or your moods or whatever it might be hormonally, but also tying it into, say, what's going on with your gut health or your adrenal health or your thyroid history or any environmental factors that may be contributing, um, you know, that we can manage. So, yeah, it's really creating plans, individualised plans for people um, as a naturopath that encompasses a lot of areas, I suppose. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. And I think it's really important (laughs) to understand that I have a lot of people reach out to me in the Well Women Academy because I encourage women to get their bloods checked regularly. It's a great, I feel it's a great identifier without having to necessarily see someone for help just to go, oh, where's my blood levels at? And like, how are they shifting every six months? Um, And then from there, I feel that a lot of the women who are in the academy feel like they're put into a bit of a box with a doctor who's like a general Mm. Western practicing uh, practitioner. And that's not to say all doctors do that, but if you're wanting a customized plan, that's when you reach out for further help. So I I love that you shared the differences between the two because they're really important, but let's switch gears because personally I've been on the pill. (laughs) 
not on the mm-hmm. pill anymore, thank goodness. But after 12 years, and I've done a number of different episodes discussing about the pill and my journey and coming off the pill and then how I got PCOS. But I think one of the biggest questions that a lot of women ask is, all right, so I'm thinking about coming off the pill or getting a marina out or getting the IUD out. What are the most common nutrient deficiencies that you see women affected with by taking the pill, by being on a marina or having an IUD? Because there is so much information now, and I love <laughs> that there's lots of studies done researching about, okay, on long-term effects, if you're on the pill for this long or you've got a marina or an IUD, the body actually can become nutrient depleted in these nutrients. Like what are the core <laughs> nutrients that, are affected when it comes to um, contraception i would say definitely hands down top of the list would be zinc Mm -hmm. and um the pill strips zinc uh iud strip zinc the marina and copper iud strip zinc from the body zinc tends to be one of the core nutrient deficiencies that i see um in women uh, with hormonal issues, but with other issues as well, whether it's be you know skin health or gut health or um, chronic inflammation or uh, pain, um, zinc is so well indicated across the board. There, uh, pregnancy also lowers your level of of zinc um, and increases your level for copper, and so I'd say yeah, the most common nutrient deficiency after being on the pill, having an implant on, having synthetic hormones in your system, uh, like, or the IUD would be, yeah, being low in zinc. The other thing um, that I would say as well uh, is a disrupted microbiome in terms of your gut health. So, you know, when you take, especially the oral contraceptive pill, um, as that's passing through your gut and through the liver, that disrupts the microbiome of your digestive system. So uh, having you know uh, good support in terms of diet and probiotics uh, after being on the pill to re-inoculate your bowel with that good bacteria is really important. Mm. So yeah, I'd probably say zinc number one, then probably probiotics, then potentially magnesium and B vitamins, especially B6. Fantastic. And I, it's funny, I also noticed that like one of the largest deficiencies in nutrients in general is magnesium for women specifically, whether you're on contraception or not. And I like, what are your views as a naturopath with women taking additional magnesium in their cycle for myself? I've never had painful bleeds like or excruciating like heavy bleeds but i know that in the last and you're like day 20 of your cycle today mm-hmm. like in the last week leading into my menstruation i always take additional magnesium outside of what i already take just to know that what i've got in my body is going to support my body when it comes to that stage of my cycle um mm-hmm. But what about the women who are on the pill or coming off the pill? Like, would you like say, okay, you need to take extra magnesium, but how does that differ for them? Like, cause they're being so much more stripped of it. Right. 
Yeah. Um, so I love magnesium because it is so great for decreasing inflammation. It's great for the nervous system. It works really well in combination with B6 for uh, premenstrual symptoms. Uh, it's good for pain for periods, also good for sleep. Um, so yeah, it's good for a variety of, of reasons. And I'd say that if you're uh, in a particularly uh, stressful environment with work, where you're spending the majority of your time and your nervous system is like running on overdrive, then magnesium is really indicated for you uh, because you're just going to be chewing it up a lot more quickly. Um, and also if you're exercising a lot, so if you're doing a lot of cardio or weight-bearing exercises, um, then also you'll be going through magnesium a lot faster. Mm. So magnesium uh, is an electrolyte as well, right? So it's involved with calcium, potassium and sodium to help uh, not just with our nervous system, but also with our muscle health, our cardiovascular health, our heart health, um, our fluid balance, uh, our blood pressure and um, really energy for our body. And so I think if there's more requirements in terms of stress or exercise, then certainly magnesium is even more indicated. Mm. Um, that being said, though, I um, really encourage the combination of magnesium and zinc together, especially at night before bed, um, because it's really well absorbed at that time. Uh, the zinc comes in to fill those that you know the nutrient deficiency or the holes that um, are left from being on the pill or potentially having a diet that's low in zinc. Uh, and typically, vegetarian diets like I'm a vegetarian, so don't get me wrong, but vegetarian <laughs> diets. Are I, do. Low I, in eat, zinc. I, I eat eggs. <laughs> I really just yeah. eat intuitively. Everyone's like, so yeah, like I'm, I'm going to a hen's party soon. And I got a, a, like on the invitation, it was like, please describe, like, please tick what box you are for dietary reasons. I was like, yeah, I'm intuitively eating. I don't know how I'm going to feel in three weeks. Time. <laughs> Is that a box? <laughs> I was like, can I add a, like an extra option here? Um, but yeah, I'm the same. I only eat eggs and, and fish when I'm drawn yeah. to. And sometimes that's yeah. once a month. Sometimes it's every yeah. three months, but yeah, yeah, I noticed. Yeah. Sorry. I cut you off, but keep going about. No, no. All good. And then I have a question actually after about diet. So yeah, let's. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cool. So I would say, you know, if you're following a vegetarian um, diet or vegan diet, that um, zinc's even more indicated for you, probably above magnesium. Mm -hmm. um, it's really my number one nutrient or mineral when it comes to hormonal health is, is zinc. Um, and then you can get it tested. You can do blood tests for zinc, which is great. You can also know um, like through signs on your body, like if you've got white spots on your fingernails or ridging or if your hair's falling out or if your skin's breaking out or if there's weak connective tissue integrity. So if you're getting like stretch marks or um, those sorts of signs will show that your requirements for zinc are a little higher. Oh, that's fantastic, especially like around stretch marks. I know for women with pregnancy, that's a really good, big concern for them. 
And yeah. I always, like any of the women who are part of the academy or clients that I work with, I always suggest to them, even if you're one starting the family planning process, like not consciously trying to make a baby yet, but you're looking to become educated. I'm like straight away, you need to be using a high quality multivitamin and maybe a potentially a prenatal. So, and I use a prenatal and I don't, I'm not looking to fall pregnant like right now, but just so that if anything happens, at least my body has, like you were saying, all those potholes filled. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm self-employed, you're self-employed and Mm -hmm. we get stressed. Like you can't escape those stresses. You can't even escape the stress of like fumes in the air or the the, the (laughs) fact it's been where I am and there's potentially mold in my house. Like we can't escape that. So I, yeah. I feel it's really important to fill those holes. So such a great overview about zinc, but let's talk about what are the slow signs of magnesium? So with zinc recap, you're saying um, like stretch marks, white dots on your fingernails. Um, I always look for white, like as soon as I see someone with white dots on their fingernails or even in their teeth, I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, magnesium. But what about, I'm sorry, zinc, but I'm like, what about yeah. magnesium? So if someone was low in magnesium, what are the, the signs their body could be giving to them to show them that they're low in magnesium? Um, so definitely cramps would mm-hmm. be one of those, those top ones. So cramps, restless legs. So um, not just at night, but you know, uh, and I used to be like this <laughs> is uh, restless like through the day so like constantly moving your feet or wiggling or you know can't sit still really sort of agitated nervous system Mm -hmm. um so cramps are are a big one restless legs also if you're getting any twitches or spasms like you know an eye twitch or you know like a lip twitch it's a really um, good sign i love the eye twitch i need to take extra magnesium for the next few days yeah also also testing your hands so if you can hold your hands out without shaking that's a good sign um but if you get like a little shake i'm doing it right on. now so <laughs> yeah. i'm like am i quivering <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's a good sign also your tongue too so mm. if you stick your tongue out and your tongue quivers that's uh, another sign that you need some more magnesium headaches as well um under another sign but also that can be related to zinc too um but yeah headaches uh, or migraines um and also just sleep too so if you're not having good quality sleep if you're like a light restless sleeper then that could also be a sign um that you're deficient in magnesium Amazing. They're really good ones. I, um, I'm pretty sure everyone's <laughs> going to be like putting their hand out and be like, am I shaking today? Do I need extra magnesium? And on the note of the tongue, so studying Ayurveda, I did a, um, a tongue diagnosis course, learning mm-hmm. how to read the tongue. And it's so interesting. Like you're in a group and it's an in-person thing. It's not online and studying, like learning to study each person's tongue. It's so fascinating looking at the mechanisms of the tongue. Like if you think about it, how often have you just sat there and stared at someone's tongue and how (laughs) rare someone can actually just keep their tongue out and not quiver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Um, All right. So last one I'll ask you about before we move on is what about vitamin B6? Cause I mentioned, you mentioned that was like the fourth, like really important thing. Um, 
But yeah, what are some signs that maybe someone could see in their body if they were to be potentially low in vitamin Bs and specifically vitamin B6? So with B vitamins, um, that nutrient's different from your minerals, like your zinc and magnesium, which you can, uh, with your mineral build in your body. But Mm. with your B vitamins, they're water-soluble. So they're in and out of your system uh, pretty quickly. So, you know, certainly within like a 12 to 24-hour period, uh, they're in and out of your system. You're getting B vitamins um, through eating a healthy diet um, that contains, you know, plenty of uh, raw foods, I would say, or Mm -hmm. foods that are close to nature, including, you know, nuts and seeds, um, raw, you know, like salads, green leafy vegetables, you're getting your B vitamins there, which is certainly really, you know, important for your overall energy and your adrenal health. Um, but it's like you need a, a constant supply. It's like, it's, it's like drinking. Vitamins. I like to think of it like drinking water. You can't just drink yeah. a full day's amount of water in the morning. So if you think of yeah. water-soluble vitamins, this is how I used to remember when I was like back working at Private Label Foods. I'd be like, Okay, so it's a water-soluble vitamin, so really it needs to be taken like water throughout the day. You don't mm-hmm. just drink your whole three litres of water in one sitting. Um, yeah. yeah, so water-soluble vitamins are kind of similar. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And what um, if someone was low in the vitamin Bs, what would they notice or experience? So probably associated with adrenal and energy levels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they would be sort of a lot more flat maybe mentally foggy as well because they just their brain doesn't have that energy it needs to um, be sharp and clear. Uh, so energy would be flat, especially that mid-afternoon slump, mm-hmm. um, you know, around that sort of three to four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in that bracket, that window after lunch, you know, when you're hitting, hitting that low. Also, I would say if people are drinking coffee regularly, they, that's also going to strip their body of, of B vitamins too. And so their requirements will be higher. You know, coffee is also a diuretic, but then it's putting more stress on our adrenals and our nervous system too. Um, so, yeah, signs for being low in B vitamins and B6 would be uh, our stress response. So mm-hmm. if we're feeling like, um, you know, our stress response is off the scale, in relation to to what's going on Um, and we're not recovering from that particularly well or if we've been through you know quite a stressful period where we're feeling more run down uh, then your requirements for your B vitamins are going to be higher at that point so also like if you're traveling if you're having that you know that jet lag feeling Mm. that's when you're low in B vitamins too Um, because again you know moving uh, your sleeping patterns, the circadian rhythms are just changing. Yeah, yeah. I like to think too um, that any time you change any of your cycles, like any cycle at all, you're going to create a shift and change in your body. And something mm-hmm. that I teach in the Well Women Academy is that it comes through Ayurvedic teachings, the process of routine. And when, like, you've got two girls, so when they're kids. Mm-hmm you don't disturb a child's routine. And when you do, you throw out 
their whole day. They might poo differently. They might be more emotionally grizzly. They might not settle very well. Then they sleeps a little bit sporadic. But once you mm-hmm. get them back in the routine, they're good. Yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. their cycle. So you, mm-hmm. it's a good analogy, I feel, that when you're looking at, okay, why do I, why do I feel off? Look at your cycles, mm-hmm. your normal daily routine. Have you been doing something a little bit under, like out of the ordinary? Have you been traveling? Have you been flying? Have you been staying yeah. late? Have you been having guests over? Like mm-hmm. all of this changes your life and then how yeah. you feel. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, these are all so, such great points. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, eating really well uh, is important for getting your B vitamins in. But if you're feeling like you've gone through a patch where you haven't been eating so well then mm. um, or eating out of routine or that you're feeling, you know, your energy is, is flat, your adrenals are low, you've been, you know, living on coffee or whatever it might be um, to get you through, then going on like a multivitamin or a B complex uh, to top those levels up to then just give your body the resources it needs to come back into balance. And it, you know, it may not necessarily be something that you need every day for the rest of your life, but it just will help to lift you up and out of that phase. Oh, I couldn't like, I want to say hear ye, hear ye. (laughs) (laughs) My dear friend, Amber, um, you know, she comes and stays with me often and often for a period of time. And we have a very similar kind of work ethic where we push ourselves really hard at certain times of our cycle when we have that creative energy and we stay up a little bit later and we, but she's always getting a little bit more run down than what it is that I do. And she's like, we eat the same food. We go to the same yoga. We do, but she's like, what, why don't you get sick? And I'm like, the only thing I really put it down to me is the fact that I've used a high quality multivitamin like consistently for the last seven years. And I feel that it just fills those potholes. Like you were saying Yeah. that like, yeah. I don't get the dip because I'm consistently filling up the pothole. Um, but yeah, it's it, the challenge though is that you need to be willing to commit to using something to notice a difference over a few months. It's like yeah. going to the gym. You can't just go to the gym and go, oh, I'm going to have the perfect abs and the best butt in like six yeah. weeks. Unfortunately, it takes a bit of time to notice it. Yeah. Um, sorry, that was a rant. But let's talk about... <laughs> Let's talk about diet fads, like before, like we're nearly out of time, but I am so blown away by the amount of questions I get from the listeners, from you ladies listening right now about like, Hey, you know, I'm going keto and I'm doing this, but my body's, I'm I'm experiencing all these things in my body, or I'm a full vegan and you know, I'm like, I'm experiencing all these challenges and I've done everything I possibly can. I've seen all the people I've taken all the things and I just can't get back into balance everyone's got a diet fad that's going on. What are the most common diet fads currently that are hindering women's cycle health? So I kind of look at it in terms of, uh, you know, pros and cons. Now, I would probably say my least favourite diet fad, which I'm grateful is, you know, people are moving away from mm. um, is low fat. Mm. Uh, and uh, I really think there's a place for keto diets, for paleo diets, for vegan diets or vegetarian diets. 
Um, and I don't really recommend down the one path for everyone because you know, we're trained as naturopaths to look at the individual and what's appropriate for them. Um, so say for example, all right, I'm just giving a random example with say polycystic ovarian syndrome. So you can use me if you want as an example. No, I don't want to use you. <laughs> <laughs> because um, in say, in no offense. Um, no, no, I'm not offended at all. <laughs> Um, say a woman was really severely uh, overweight, so in that obese category, yep. uh, and she had polycystic. Um, and uh, I would say a keto diet for her could potentially be really helpful to lower her um, her fat mass. And even by lowering your weight by 5%, um, when you're in that obese category can really make a huge difference to your hormonal health. And um, that's getting into that fat burning uh, place is going to be really helpful in the short term for lowering weight and reducing her risk for other health issues like mm. diabetes, which is often associated with polycystic, um, cardiovascular issues, um, so, you know, thyroid issues. So in that scenario, a keto diet short term would be really helpful. Um, then once her you know, weight comes down, then she'd move into a more um, sustainable diet, like a paleo style diet, for example, or a vegetarian or vegan diet, just depending um, which would be more sustainable for her longer term. Um, because it includes a more balanced ratio of carbohydrates and fats and proteins. Mm. Uh, because carbohydrates are really important for um, our hormones and our cycle regularity. Um, so I think in that scenario, you know, a keto diet would be really helpful. But say somebody wasn't overweight and um, say they had, uh, amenorrhea, hypothalamic amenorrhea, for example, if they were following a keto diet and being really strict, that would not necessarily be conducive of them getting their period back um, because we need carbohydrates for our periods. Um, but, you know, still having a higher protein and plenty of good fats and carbohydrates in a more balanced, say, paleo diet would be, you know, more helpful. Um, or, or a vegetarian diet. Now, say, for example, somebody was vegan and they're having a really high carbohydrate diet, um, but potentially missing some, you know, fats and protein. And that's also not going to be good for the long run for their hormonal health and for their cycles. Because, of course, we need, um, you know, protein for blood building and we need good fats for our hormones and so if um, you know our body fat mass is quite low uh, and we're not having you know enough good fats in our diet and protein then yeah that's not going to be helpful either mm. so I think it's really about figuring out what's appropriate for you and um, be open 
to um, eating for you at this stage. So it may be you've been, you know, say for example, following a keto diet for a long time or a vegetarian diet or a vegan diet for a really long time. And you may have other, you know, ethical reasons around that. And that's totally fine um, and respect that as well. And it's not to say that that's not going to be how you will eat in the long run, but potentially for your health at the moment right now, there may be the need to open up um, to other ways of eating or uh, looking into how you can get those yeah, macros, like the higher protein and the higher fats within your vegan diet. Mm. And, you know, like the B12s and the other B vitamins and the zinc and those uh, important nutrients um, and focusing on that uh, so that you're moving into a space where you're feeling, you know, better with your cycles and hormonally. And once you're there and you've established that, and that's been well and it's worked for you, then you can potentially go back to how you were eating in the past, but then you know your body well to mm. then pick up those signs as to, you know, when you need to be a bit more open or... Um, flexible. You know, like you said, flexible. Have those times where you might have some fish or have some eggs you know, just depending on, on what your body needs at that time because you're recognising those signs that, okay, well, my requirements might be a bit higher at this stage. Does that mm. answer the question? It does. It <laughs> answers it perfectly because I feel, I feel, Mia, in this world that we, and I'm sure you've seen this as a naturopath, that we want to just be the label. We want to be like, well, I'm a vegan and I can't do this or I'm, I eat paleo and so I can't be flexible and explore mm-hmm. other options. And there's a beautiful lady who's actually um, been a guest on um, the, pod, the podcast, Lonnie Jane, a friend of mine. And, you know, she's been a vegan for a very, very long time and she's got many, many followers on Instagram, but she was feeling called to explore eating oysters. Yeah, just oysters, just randomly out of the blue and the backlash she got because she wasn't fitting into the category of, well, you're not a full vegan anymore, is important to understand, particularly as women, that each phase of our cycle, we have had, like, this is another topic we could go into in another podcast episode because we're nearly out of time. I'm sorry, I'm just going to add a little PS there. Yeah, go. Oysters are one of the highest sources of natural zinc as Mm. well so you know if she'd been following that vegan diet for a long time and if she's in touch with her body then maybe that's what she was getting the call for potentially exactly but see if you're not listening to your body and actually responding to what you're hearing the messages Mm. you're doing yourself a disservice and it's so important to put yourself first before mm-hmm. others so it's not how you fit into the outside world or how you mm-hmm. fit into the trend or will you be liked by everyone because you're sitting out at dinner and you are the one eating the vegan meal it's more so about connecting and understanding okay well what's really going to best serve me and 
above all is one for a healthy cycle. Make sure you're getting the important nutrients that you need. Zinc, Mm -hmm. good microbiome health, probiotic, potentially magnesium and vitamin B6, vitamin B's full stop and making Mm -hmm. sure you're eating in accordance to how you feel. Yeah. Like, I think that's just the summary of everything we've been talking about. Like it's super simple (laughs) and just do it on a daily basis and listen to your body. Um, but let's, um, we are, we've definitely gone over time and I've loved having you on the show and chatting about it. No, it's good. Um, tell us though, I asked this question to all of like his final question. Um, what, and you've got like young teen tween girls, but what are three things you wish that you knew when you were a teen tween beginning to go through menzies and menstruate for the first time that you now know today that you wish you knew then? And who knows, maybe you're already giving these tips to your daughters if they listened. Um, <laughs> what are your three? My daughters haven't started their cycles yet, um, so that's okay. But I probably would encourage or discourage the use of tampons. Mm-hmm. Um, that would probably be my, my first piece of advice um, for younger girls. And also... Uh, listening to your body and your cycles and learning about your periods and what the quality of your periods are like in terms of, um, I love this quote from Lara Bryden, which is, your periods are a report card for your health. It is. And so um, the quality of your periods in terms of pain or heaviness or clots is, and or PMS leading up to your periods is an indicator of what's going on with your overall health. Um, so learning what that means and then how to manage that through, you know, making diet or lifestyle adjustments or, you know, um, adjusting your supplement regime or whatever it might be uh, to account for that. So, yeah, I would say uh, no tampons, Learn what your periods mean uh, and also know that teen hormones are transient. So, you know, it's like um, when you first get your period, you're like, I'm a woman now and <laughs> it's celebrated, which is beautiful. But there's that expectation that this is what my periods are going to be like for the rest of my life as a woman. And just knowing that it really takes about 12 years, how crazy is that, from when your period starts to reaching hormonal maturation. So you've really got that transient time from like 12 to 24 to give yourself a break that, you know, these pimples aren't going to be like this forever or these irregular cycles aren't going to be like this forever, or this PMS or this sore breast or whatever it might be, Mm. it's not going to be my hormonal life, really. So just knowing that it's transient. Fantastic. That's such a good point. It's really important to know that we're all transient. Like our cycles are Mm -hmm. always going to ebb and flow. So that's why you have to listen to them. Um, Mia, I've loved so much having you on the show. How can our listeners find you? Beautiful. Thanks so much, Gemma. Um, So I run a clinical practice on the Gold Coast uh, called Life Start Naturopathics. 
so they can find me online um, and I also have a product that I've created specifically for women's health and hormonal balancing called M21 so they can uh, find that online as well so yeah my website Instagram um, really active through those avenues so I'm happy to help and connect anytime I will pop all of those links in our show notes and redirect everyone to come find you. And if you do have a question or you've enjoyed this episode, please reach out to Mia and let her know that you listened to it. I know she would love to hear from you and um, all the best with checking in with your cycle and ensuring you're getting the right nutrients that you need for cycle health. (laughs) Um, But Mia, thanks so much again for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on the show and I'm sure everyone else has loved it too. Excellent. Thanks, Gemma. No worries. (laughs) Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag wellwomenpodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, Body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.